Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. If you are new, thank you so much for stopping by to check it out, to see what we have to offer here at One of a Kind You. The way this podcast usually works is that I share a journal entry of mine from like five or six years ago. Actually, I think it's probably close to seven years ago uh, when I was in the thick of the struggle and I reflect on what I know now and what I wish I had known then. But today, ladies, you do not have to listen to me blab alone because I have a special guest. Her name is Melissa, and she is here to share her journey with us of um, becoming a mom 12 years ago and feeling unprepared and isolated and overwhelmed um, and not fully realizing the unique challenges that we often face as moms. And then to add to that, she didn't have her mom to help her with the journey. So she is on a mission to spread the word to all the moms who are doing it without that mom sidekick by their side, um, that they don't have to do it alone. And um, there's nothing wrong with your motherhood journey if it doesn't look like that of someone with a loving mother to do it by their side. So, Melissa, without further ado, please feel free to fill in any of the gaps that I missed um, in your introduction. Thank you, Kim. I am so thrilled to be here. So, as you said, I am a mom without a mom. And I was really surprised when I became a mom just how difficult I felt with the whole entire process, because I was an older mother. I gave birth to my son just a couple days shy of my 38th birthday. I had already been a clinical psychologist for more than a decade prior Mm -hmm. to that. And I had lost my mom back when I was 25. So here I was having gone through many years of, of grief, you know, I had reached many of the adult milestones. um, And so I knew what that was like. And as a psychologist, I had treated hundreds of moms Mm -hmm. who were experiencing anxiety as new moms. I taught parenting and even taught human development at the graduate level. So I had all this knowledge and awareness, all this confidence as a mature woman. And then I gave birth to this little baby boy and realized I didn't have a clue. (laughs) So I was so overwhelmed. And, um, really had a very strong grief response. And at first I didn't even realize that's what I was experiencing, which is pretty common for moms without a mom. Yeah. It's fascinating because my mom, I have my mom so present, my stepmom present. And um, I also, and I'm a teacher. So I taught littles for a long time before actually having kids and um, was still vastly unprepared. Like I really thought my daughter was going to sleep in her crib the first night home from the hospital. I was like, we are not buying a bassinet. We're not buying a rocking chair. We don't need any of those things. And so, yes, my daughter spent her first night home from the hospital in a laundry basket because that was the closest thing I had to a bassinet and she wasn't sleeping in the crib. So (laughs) as much as we think that we are prepared, Mm -hmm. we are so not prepared. But then Mm -hmm. adding a whole nother layer, because I at least had a mom or a stepmom that I could reach out to and say, hey, you know, give me a hand here. Mm -hmm. What am I missing? So I can't imagine doing it without having that support person. 
Well, yes. And there are a variety of ways, believe it or not, that you can be a mom without a mom. So the one that's most common that most of us think about are moms whose mother has passed away. Mm -hmm. But I also include women who don't have a relationship with their mother Mm -hmm. because that relationship has become toxic Mm -hmm. or there's an emotional estrangement. Mm -hmm. And I also include moms who live a far distance from their mother. So, um, you know, our military moms Mm -hmm. or those that um, are in missionary work and so forth. And so there are actually millions of moms out there who don't have that mom. And Mm -hmm. when they don't recognize the unique challenges and experiences, they're left to internalize that. And Mm -hmm. just feel like there's something wrong with them. Like, why aren't they getting it? And for me, um, I felt that way for a number of years because it just seemed like I couldn't get it. And I didn't know why. And as I continued to work and see moms, I started noticing these patterns among the women that were similar to me that Mm -hmm. that they didn't have their mother's still with them um, in some capacity, that they seemed to also experience some grieving, whether it was for their own mother or for the lack of what they wanted to have. And that's Mm -hmm. a supportive person by their side. They also experienced some difficulty not having that go-to person that Mm -hmm. moms tend to act as. And then the third common factor is um, struggling with how to be a good mom when you don't have a good mom next to you to be asking those questions, to be modeling after. And that is particularly true for those moms who had a really difficult experience with their own mother. Yeah. And I feel like we as moms and women, we are so quick to think that if things are not working out the way that we envision them to, or the way that we think they're supposed to, we automatically blame ourselves and say, oh, it's because there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with me. Yeah, exactly. You know, and there's so many things as a mom without a mom that you don't even realize you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, one of my funny stories, and there are a million of them, let me tell you, is um, dropping my son off at his early learning center. He was about six months old at this point um, because I needed to return to work pretty quickly because I had been on bed rest for um, about five months. Mm-hmm. So I, I had my maternity leave before he was born. Yeah. Um, and this was back before, you know, Zoom was a way to do therapy. He couldn't do it right. back then. But anyway, so so here I am dropping him off. Um, and I had been nursing and I would pump and bring the breast milk in and the bottles every day. And so his teacher approached me and she's like, hey, Melissa, what are your thoughts about going up on a nipple size? I looked at her and was like, "Uh, what are you talking about? What? (laughs) Uh, She goes, the nipple size. He is taking a really long time to eat and he seems to be struggling. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so then she went in and explained to me that the holes in um, the nipples that go with bottles have different sizes. Yeah, I you. had no idea. My son was the first newborn I ever saw. Yeah, you know, because I, I, you know, my female relations are are all past. So, and all my friends who had children had 
you know, their kids were teenagers and, Mm -hmm. you know, graduating high school. So I didn't have this group of people that we just talked about baby stuff. And like increasing nipple sizes. And you're like, wait, I'm sorry, my nipples or something else? Like what nipples are you talking about increasing in size here? (laughs) I had no clue at all. So, so then I'm like, um, uh, what do you recommend? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, now how do I get bigger nipples? You know, right. so, she looked at me. I'm like, I'm going to go into the store and I'm going to have no idea. Yeah. What numbers are you talking like about? What's on back then? Cause my yeah. daughter's 13. So our children yeah. are very close in age and yeah. I have a 10 year old, but yeah, there was no Amazon back when our first baby, like it's, it, it wasn't a thing. So you not, it wasn't like you could just hop on Amazon and be like baby nipples for bottles. Like, and find something. Oh, it was- it was terrible. It was terrible. And then like a few months later, you know, I've got my little guy in Target, right. And getting a few things and the cashier looks over and goes, oh, he's wearing pajamas today. Oh, what? What do you mean? They're clothes, you know? Yeah. I had no clue that for literally, you know, a year I was dressing my kid in pajamas because, you know, he hated socks. So the little onesie things that had the feet in them, they worked good, kept his feet cold. No clue. No clue. I mean, he, you know, he didn't like pants. So again, no idea. So I brought that up to my, um, you know, when I dropped him off the next day, I was like, yeah, somebody remarked. And she just laughed. She's like, yep, he's been wearing pajamas forever. Like, oh, well, couldn't somebody tell me? Right. There was nobody to tell me. And now I can laugh about it and I can see it as funny. But back then, again, I didn't realize. I just felt like there was something wrong with me. Like, how could I not? Worst mom ever. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I didn't have anybody to say, no, it's it's okay. Yeah. What about your husband's mom? Um, At that time, we didn't really have a relationship with her. Uh She wasn't involved in our life. Um, now she is, and we're thankful, but, but she still lives a couple hours away, yeah. but yeah. at the time there was no relationship and my husband has a sister, but she, all, um, was living in Germany. So she was oh, wow. far away. Right. And, yeah. and I, um, my aunt, um, she lived a few hours away as well. Um, but she was probably the person that I was closest with. Mm-hmm. you know, at that point. So, yeah. So I will say my mother-in-law was, um, we lived in New Hampshire when my first child was born and all of our family was back in Delaware. So eight hour drive, but mm-hmm. telephone calls. I mean, so my mother-in-law was like the polar extreme because my family, we didn't nurse babies. So I didn't plan on nursing my kids. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh no, we, we don't do that. Like my family, we don't nurse babies. Like they're formula <laughs> fed and that's just right. the way it is. So she shamed me so bad about uh, nursing and to the point where like once Lily was born, she called me every day for the first two weeks and was like making good milk. How's that milk? And I told my husband, I was like, if your mother calls me one more time and asks me about milk, I am going to literally go postal on her. So I don't know if he ever said to her, you should probably stop that. Or if she could just maybe tell by the tone of my voice and she actually stopped. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, with being a mom, there's so much to learn and worry about and stress about. and um, I mean, baby clothes are really not that big of a deal because all they no. do is like pee and poop on them and spit up on them anyway. Right. So it doesn't really matter that he's wearing pajamas, but we internalize mm-hmm. these things right. so quickly and so easily that we can make it into this huge story about ourselves. That's really the farthest thing from the truth. Exactly. 
Exactly. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think is why I'm on this mission to talk about um, the differences, because Mm -hmm. I don't want other moms to internalize like that. Yeah. You know, you know, we don't have that go-to person in our life in the same way. We can't rely on that wisdom. There isn't somebody that knows us super well that can just kind of intercede. Hey, I'm noticing you know, what are your thoughts about this, that, or the other thing, right? So you may have really close friends, but they aren't necessarily going to jump in in the same way. Now that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that now we're doomed to, you know, feel bad or, you know, not have support. That's not the case at all. There, there's definitely things when you put effort in the right places that you can not only succeed, but thrive as a mom. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like, you know, when you don't have the support, the first place that you turn to is, oh, Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook. And, and those aren't always the best places to turn (laughs) to get the support that you're looking for. um, Because, you know, it's the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing the real, uh, like nitty gritty struggles of what other moms are going through. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there's also then unconscious influences too. So, you know, even when, when you're saying, you know, I'm uncomfortable about something, you know, there are a lot of clinicians, professionals that don't realize that being a mom without the support and guidance of a loving mom is draining, right? Mm -hmm. I've noticed that a lot of us tend to be more protective and Mm hypervigilant and fear making a mistake because we don't have that sense of safety net, Mm -hmm. right? So the level of anxiety is heightened. Mm -hmm. Now, again, there isn't necessarily an awareness of that, but it drains over time. Mm -hmm. And that hypervigilance, that worry, I think is Mm overdiagnosed as anxiety. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is problematic when it isn't necessarily um, a psychological treatment that's needed. Mm -hmm. It's assistance in getting the additional support and knowledge about how to build your resources Mm -hmm. so that you aren't drained and so that you have a sense of what is normal versus what is outside of normal. So you aren't always on that hyper alert um, status. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, as we're talking, I was like, Hmm, I wonder if, you know, the stress of being a mom and not having that mom figure to turn to, does that, do you think affect the bond that moms have with their children? Because then they kind of pull back and be like, Oh, I'm a bad mom. You know, they deserve a better mom than me. And kind of, then you're not really showing up a hundred percent because you're so afraid of making that mistake or, you know, doing the wrong thing. It definitely can. And and I see it in two different ways. Right. And so the moms that have had toxic or abusive relationships with their own mother so that they've made the tough decision of of disconnecting, Mm -hmm. have that fear of reenacting some of that. Mm -hmm. So they work really hard at being very different. Mm -hmm. Um, And that takes a lot of energy, especially if um, it doesn't come naturally to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's always this background fear of, of, messing up their kids, like their mom hurt them. Right. Yeah. But the opposite can also occur. 
So particularly for those moms whose moms have passed away and they felt a real close connection, there can be this um, magnification of goodness they Mm -hmm. place on their mom, this kind of hero worship that can occur. And so they feel like they're always falling short and aren't measuring up because they don't have that feedback from their mom that, oh God, I did that too. Or Mm -hmm. yeah, I was a train wreck during these times. There's just this um, glorified um, recollection. And so Mm -hmm. their mistakes seem amplified. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yes, it, it can impact because there's this, this constant censoring of the self, this Mm -hmm. constant watching over oneself, which can get in the way and it can, it can, um, cripple, you know, or, um, freeze a mom. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, that's a lot of the work that, that I do with these moms is helping them to recognize the areas where they, they, they feel stuck or they're feeling overly punitive about themselves mm-hmm. or, you know, they're struggling with kind of finding their own rhythm because they're always comparing themselves either positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so fascinating because you don't realize, um, you know, cause I think a lot of it is subconscious that it's done. So you're not mm-hmm. realizing it in the moment. And then after the fact, it's like, you know, hindsight is 2020. You're like, Oh my gosh. I had no idea. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it gives, you know, that hindsight, once they have it, I'm sure frees them up tremendously for them to just take a big deep breath and trust themselves more and really tap into that intuition that they have as a mom, that they're doing okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that's such an amazing thing to see when you work with them, to have them have Mm -hmm. that, you know, big aha moment and see the transformation that occurs once that moment comes. Yes, absolutely. They don't need to be perfect. Their Mm -hmm. children don't need them to be perfect. They just need them to be who they are. And we all make mistakes and there isn't a child alive who doesn't get bumps and bruises and scrapes Mm -hmm. simply by going through childhood. Yeah. And, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, um, you know, some of your journey mirrors, some of my journey, not that I, I was a mom without a mom. Um, but you know, I left my teaching career and then was like struggling to adjust to stay at home mom life. And so I didn't really have other moms who were stay at home moms to mm-hmm. kind of see how it all sh- should shake out. And I wasn't really on social media at the time, but I would try to go to mommy and me groups. And those weren't always the best um, fit because I would compare myself like, oh, they're such a much better stay at home mom than me. Oh my gosh. You know, my girls are the ones who are refusing to participate and I'm begging them. And I'm like literally the ones sweating and all the other moms have their like name brand purses and shoes and yoga pants. And I'm there and like my old Navy, like clearance stuff, like right. just looking probably like a frazzled mess. And then I would go home and cry and be like, why isn't this working? Why does this feel so awful? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And feeling like it was you when, yeah. when it's not. It was my kids. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, sometimes maybe, right? <laughs> yes. I'm like, could you, you know, and I always, they're like, we hated those songs that they would make us sing. And I was like, 
girls, I'm trying to give you the experience that I didn't have. So there I was, you know, trying to over magnify things that I didn't have in my own childhood mm -hmm. that I was then trying to like, I am going to break this cycle and I'm going to change this and we are going to have fun whether you like it or not. And it was horrible. It was miserable. Right. Oh my goodness. That is so true. That is so true. My um, little guy is not the most athletic. Yeah. So you know, he was in baseball for years because we're like, all right, you got to do something. You can't yes. not do some, you know, anything. So, you know, finally, you know, he got to the age and he was just terrified because kids were starting to get good. Yes. He wasn't. And he was terrified of the ball. It's like, all right, you don't need to do baseball anymore. Now he's doing the musical. Oh, perfect. Found his interest. So. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. So, but then again, it's like, you need someone to be able to soundboard that off of and mm -hmm. say like, is my kid going to grow up and be okay if he doesn't play sports? Is right. he going to be okay if he does the musical aspect of after school activities or extracurriculars? Because when you don't have someone to ask and you see all the other kids being signed up for sports, soccer and t-ball and basketball camp and whatever the heck else you think like okay that's what I have mm -hmm. to do and not even stopping to think like wait do I have to do that right 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 just because that's what you experience you see other people around you experiencing doesn't mean that's the right path for you and your family yeah Absolutely. And so, um, you know, I just touched briefly, like mommy and me group was not the thing for me, but you know, if moms are struggling to find their way in their motherhood journey, because they don't have a mother figure to, you know, be, get support from and social media, isn't always the healthiest way to seek community. How can moms start to build that community that they're lacking? Well, um, I talk about four different people that every mom should have, whether it's a mom without a mom or any mom, but especially important for moms without a mom. One, you should have a wise woman in your life. So this mm -hmm. is somebody who uh, can share her wisdom. You can ask questions and she just tends to know things. The second is an emotional supporter. And this mm -hmm. is someone who's really good at listening. She doesn't try to cheer you up and she doesn't give advice. She just mm -hmm. lets you be where you are. Mm -hmm. The third person is um, what I like to call a go-getter. So these are the people that are really good about getting things done. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the person that has gone grocery shopping, done two loads of laundry and made the beds all before 7 a.m right? Yeah. They just... I need that energy. I need a go-getter. <laughs> right. Right. But some people are just really good at getting tasks yeah. done. That's not me. Me either. Um, <laughs> and I've and accepted then, it. Right. Exactly. And then the fourth person is a late night talker. And mm. this is somebody who you can lean on at different times of the day. Mm -hmm. Now, these people can be friends. They can be family, but they can also be professionals like teachers, coaches, counselors, uh, you know, um, faith-based uh, staff and so forth. And most of us don't fit all four of those areas. In mm -hmm. fact, the only time we typically fit all four of those areas is when it relates to our own child, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a, a different relationship. So when you don't have your mother, when you aren't the child of somebody, you need to take those roles 
and divide it out amongst many people Mm -hmm. so that you can get all of those needs met. And so I encourage those moms to just kind of recognize the strengths of Mm -hmm. the people in your life and also know your own strengths. Mm -hmm. So you will get the best help when you're asking for help that the other person is able to give. So for example, I have a friend who, you know, is really good at helping me with getting things done. Mm -hmm. Um, But she isn't necessarily the person I go to when I need a shoulder to cry on. Mm -hmm. Those are two different people. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, I love it. And plus to, you know, when you have those people, then you can get really specific with your help. Because I found Mm -hmm. that you know, when I was in the thick of the struggle, and maybe this is the case for most moms, um, we don't always know what it is that we need and we don't always know how to ask for it. Or I should say, and we also um, assume that people know what we need because we're losing it. And so we think, well, I'm clearly losing it. So you must know what I need because I am quickly becoming unhinged here. So give me the help that I need, even though we've never said, I need, but, 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 but. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and like you said, there's this idea that people just, just know. Um, and a lot of times we, as the mom who's in distress, we don't even know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think, you know, that's also hard too, because it's like, well, we like, why don't I know? I should know I'm struggling right now, but sometimes it's so many things coming at you at one Mm -hmm. time. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what the most relevant prevalent Mm -hmm. struggle is in that moment. It's not until after the fact, when things settle down, then you're like, oh, I see it now. Right. And then the moments come and gone. Right. And, and, you know, if, if you're in that position and you're seeing that happening, you know, frequently, that's when it's time to reach out. That's Mm -hmm. when it's time to kind of look and see what are these patterns? What is it that I'm struggling with that's making my life uncomfortable? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not liking this place I'm in as much as I thought I would. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's, that's part of what I do with moms is help them to identify the areas that become problematic or difficult, but also how to reach that next level where they are enjoying their mm-hmm. role as mom. They are enjoying where they are. So, so it isn't just mm-hmm. a place where they feel like they're making it. Yeah. Right? They're doing more than that. Yeah. And I think that's super important because the mom journey goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so hard to believe that I have two children in double digits and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think like, oh my gosh, where did the time go? How can this, how can I have a middle schooler? How is that even possible? Like, oh my gosh. And so when we can't enjoy those moments, then that creates another problem of that regret. Like, oh, I, now I, there's something wrong with me because I couldn't enjoy the journey. And now the journey is, you know, just today I met her, I was like, I only have five years until I graduate high school. I'm like, okay, zip it sister. No one asked you. <laughs> right. Like, I don't want to think about that because 12 years went by fast, 13 years went by fast. So how fast is five going to go? So, Mm -hmm. you know, allowing women to have the space to actually enjoy the journey because it goes so fast. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And so not only do you as a mom deserve to enjoy that process, 
But your kids also deserve to have a mom that is enjoying the process, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's good for you as well as your family. And I say that because, you know, there's so many moms that feel like they aren't enough to to get help for, you know, and the reality is not only are you enough, but, but you getting the support and help also helps your family because we are the foundation of the family. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and I think there's, um, I think the stigma is less, but I think there's still a stigma around moms needing help, Mm -hmm. you know, because the perception is like, oh, you're a mom, you should have it all figured out regardless of the support system that you have, regardless of who is in it you should just have it figured out because you're a mom and that's what moms do. And so I think it's amazing that you're normalizing, um, you know, the need for support. You're normalizing Mm -hmm. that it's okay to seek out assistance and help, whether it's from a friend or from a professional. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I left my teaching career, I was seeing a therapist and no one knew that was like the, the last thing I wanted anybody on this planet to know, because my gosh, then I really was feeling as not only a a woman who left her career after six years, but then as a mom too, because I couldn't get on board with being a stay at home mom. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And we are not biologically designed to take care of all of the needs of our family by ourselves. We just aren't. And that's a fact. Unfortunately, um, society promotes the myth that it's possible, but it just yeah. isn't. No, that's why we are, we're the gatherers like back in caveman days and the men went to do the hunting and all of us women stuck together to help raise all the kiddos and take care of all the caves because mm-hmm. we weren't meant to do it by ourselves. We were meant to have a support system and it goes back to the saying, it takes a village. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So build the village, ladies, yes. build the village. Absolutely. And don't think twice about it. Nope, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Tell us one more time, Melissa, the four people that you should have. Okay. You should have a wise woman, mm-hmm. an emotional supporter, yep. a um, go-getter, mm-hmm. and a late-night talker. Yes. So ladies, Melissa could be your emotional supporter. She could be your wise woman. Yes. She could be maybe your late-night talker, depending on like scheduling something, but... <laughs> Um, I already asked her if she would be open and willing for questions and, you know, communication on social media, email, whatever. And she said, yes. So take her up on the offer ladies and all of her contact information is going to be right in the show notes. So you just go straight to the show notes. No need to go Googling and going down that rabbit hole of searching for Melissa. You will be able to access her right from the show notes. Yes. And um, I do have this really awesome small Facebook group called Thriving as a Mom Without a Mom. And this group is awesome because we give each other tips and tricks and support. And it is different than some of the other Facebook groups that are Moms Without a Mom um, because they're more grief oriented. This one is very much community and support. I love it. So I really, if you are a mom without a mom out there, you know, really connect with that Facebook group thriving as a mom without a mom. Yeah. And I think that is, if you're going to spend time on social media, looking for support, that will be the place that is a serving place to go rather than scrolling Instagram and looking at like mom hashtags or whatever. Right. Don't do that to yourself. Go straight to the support system, go straight to the Facebook group. I'm Sure, it's going to be in the show note links too. So you can go directly there too. Yes. 
um, you know, save yourself the hassle, just go to the show notes. (laughs) Yes. Don't waste the time. Take the go-getter action and go to the show notes. Um, So Melissa, thank you so much for taking the time to come on One of a Kind You and share your experience and your journey, because I know there are so many moms out there listening who think like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. It's not just me. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been my pleasure. Yeah. So ladies hit the show notes up, reach out to Melissa. If you found this episode helpful, feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier and we'll spread the love. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, please do, because they take the time to leave, read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and really a one-stop shop for all things mom, because let's face it, ladies, we have got to stick together. So thanks so much for tuning in and I will see all of you next week.